Mara says, and this is the beginning of the Mimer on Daf Tzadikhes on page 98 of the Terer, that Chayiv Inish Livsumi Bepuria, that a person is obligated to become intoxicated on Purim until he uh, no longer knows that he doesn't know the difference between Haman being cursed and Mardachai being blessed. So the Altreba asks, why is the joy of Purim so much more than on a regular Yom Tov? On a regular Yom Tov, the obligation of joy is biblical, whereas here it's uh, it, it only comes later. It's not in the Torah itself, uh, in the Chamisha Chamshi Torah, the five books of Moshe. But nevertheless, on a regular, on other Yom Tovim, on other festivals, we don't get drunk. Not only we, there's no mitzvah of, of drunkenness; it's not even allowed. Like Ramam writes about uh, the joy of Yom Tov, that a person, even though it's a joyous time, a person shouldn't be drawn after wine. And uh, seemingly, they're also in Yom Tov, like on Pesach, <clears throat> we were saved with miracles from Egypt, and uh, there was the splitting of the sea. Then on Shavuos, we received the Torah at Sinai. And uh, so therefore, the Yom Tovim commemorate very special things, and they're biblical. So we should uh, have more joy on them than on Purim, which is only uh, from uh, the, the words of Divrei Kabbalah, from the words of um, <clears throat> the later Nevi'im. And furthermore, on Yom Tov, it's more holy. Like we see that we're more separated from the world. We don't work on Yom Tov. Whereas on Purim, Mardachai wanted to forbid all work, but it wasn't accepted. And therefore you're allowed to, for example, drive a car on Purim. Uh, so therefore we see that Purim is more lenient. If so, why is there more joy on Purim than, other, than the other festivals? Okay, so understand this. Uh, through first prefacing the Pasuk in the Megillah, which says, the uh, Jewish people uh, accepted what they began to do. And the Gemara explains that that what this Pasuk means is that the in the times of Purim, the Yidin finally accepted what they began at the giving of Torah. Uh, because at the beginning of at the giving of the Torah, Hashem forced them to accept the mount the the um the Torah by holding a mountain over them and and said, "I accept the Torah. I'm going to drop this on you." And therefore, there's a excuse if Yid and ever don't keep Torah, they can say, "Well, we were forced. We never really accepted it." It's a, a faulty contract. But then, in the times of Purim, they actually accepted it, and. So Rashi explains uh, that when it says in the days of Achashverosh they accepted it, it means um, due to the miracles of Purim they accepted um, they accept that they accepted the Torah mitzvahs. So the question is why is uh, the giving of the Torah when when, the, when um, Hashem gave the Torah was considered that they were forced? because he held the mountain over them and said, you better accept the Torah. It, it was almost the same degree of force when Achashverosh made decrees against them and said he's going to annihilate the Jewish people. That almost forced them to keep the Torah as well because it was a time of mysterious nefesh and they wanted a clo- closeness to Hashem. 
So, uh, so if so, why is the time of Purim a uh, time when they can really accept the Torah? Was on they were only keeping it because of their difficulties. So now, first we need to understand the concept of um, the giving of the Torah in general, and also. So, so we'll we'll look at the idea of the the function of Torah, and also uh, we need to understand what the Gemara says that uh, fortunate is the person who comes to Ganadin with his Talmud, with his learning in his hand. That is, he has his learning with him. So, wait a sec. Hasidus explains that what is the reward of Ganade? And it's not some sort of, of course, it's not a physical reward. It's not some sort of sunbaking. It, the idea is it's it's a revelation of Hashem's, Hashem, Hashem's unlimited light. And that's the pleasure. Now, Hashem's unlimited light is far beyond the Torah that discusses how to behave in the physical world. Uh, and that's what halacha is about. So then, why is uh, why is it necessary for the neshama, the soul, to have its learning with it in order to experience Ganadin? The the um, revelation of Hashem in Ganadin is far beyond the uh, what the neshama can uh, uh, what the neshama studied the the Torah that the neshama studied while while it was in a physical body. Another question. We've got two opposite extremes regarding Torah. On one hand, we say about Torah that if you miss out one second, you're already cutting yourself off, off from Hashem. Like the Pasuk says, Hikaris, Hikaris, that it, it, he'll surely be cut off. And this is quoted in the first paragraph of Tanya. And then on the other hand, we say that if someone is busy and is not able to learn, then the minimum is just a little bit in the morning, a little bit in the evening. So if you could be Yaitse, you could fulfill your duty with just a little bit in the morning and a little bit in the evening. So then why if someone is able to learn more and doesn't use at that time, he's cut off from Hashem? It should be that we give uh, some sort of allowance because anyway, for other people, they don't have to learn more than that. Why such a strict punishment? So now the explanation is based on the fact that Torah is called Mashiach and Mani. It's called the uh, the uh, metaphor, the parable of the uh, Kadmoni. So Torah is Hashem's Mashiach, Hashem's uh, proverb, Hashem's metaphor. And uh, the, the this pasuk is in Shmuel, and it, it's a uh, David talking to Shaul. Shaul's chasing him, and then David has an opportunity to hurt Shaul and doesn't. And he says, the, "There's a marshal in the Torah that says Mirisham Yeti Rasha that from the wicked comes out evil." And the Gemara and Marcus explains that this means that if someone is deserving of punishment but did something without witnesses, then Hashem will arrange the punishment so everyone gets there. They're due. And uh, so Shlema, uh, also called Tara Marshall, he says in uh, Mishle, Lahav, in Marshall, let's understand the Marshall referring to Tara. So, how is Tara a? Uh, so, we're going to explain how Tara is a metaphor. But first, uh, we say it's a Marshall Hakanmoni, it's a Marshall for the original one, the ancient one. Which is Hashem, the, who's the beginning of uh, of the world and the, crea- uh, the creator of the world, 
and uh, that with there's Hashem himself and then uh, light and energy from Hashem. So Kadmono, the original one, is not uh, how Hashem fills the world or how Hashem surrounds the world. It's Hashem before the whole concept of worlds. That's the original one, Hashem for Hashem, just pure godliness for itself, which is uh, before worlds. And that uh, is what... Uh, what uh, uh, is the source of Torah, and uh, even Sovev, uh, which is surrounding worlds, is is lower than Kadmono, than the original one, who is the source of Torah. Because when you say surround the worlds, it, although it means it's not internalizing the worlds, but it does mean that it has a relationship with the worlds, uh, whereas Hashem's essence is totally beyond that. And the Torah is the Marshal Kadmoni, meaning that Torah is a Marshal, is a parable for Hashem. That uh, just like through the metaphor, you understand the Nimshal, through the analogy, you understand the analogs, so too with uh, through Talmud, through having the Torah of this world with him. So then he, uh, when the person goes to Ganadin and, and is exposed to greater revelation of Hashem, so he's able to relate to that godly energy because um, he already has Torah with him. So each uh, level of Ganadin, higher and higher, uh, as all progresses through different levels of Ganadin, so each level of Ganadin of paradise is uh, a marshal, like a metaphor compared to the next level up. And this goes on forever. Like we say in uh, that the holy ones, uh, every day they, they praise you constantly, meaning that there's constantly higher and higher levels that the neshama can reach in its praise of Hashem. And that goes on forever. And that's why it says that Tzaddik and the righteous don't have uh, tranquility, not in this world and not, not in the next world, because they always continue to go up higher and higher. And this is also the meaning of what it says in Melachim, the Book of Kings one, that Shlomo told 3,000 parables. So simply he told 3,000 parables about 3,000 issues. But Hasidus explains that all the 3,000 parables were all all to explain the same concept, but because that concept was so much deeper than the people, so therefore in order for us to understand the concept, he has to give a metaphor and a metaphor to explain the metaphor and then another one to explain that metaphor till we're able to understand. And then we work from the bottom up, the lowest level metaphor, which explains a bit higher, a bit higher. and and that so it's because Shlom was three thousand levels above us, but really there's infinite levels, and it can keep on going on and on. Now, uh, Torah is Hashem's uh, chachma, Hashem's wisdom, and uh, it says about uh, a, bit, a bit related to Torah. A river comes out of Aden. Aden refers to chachma. And therefore, from Chachma, which is uh, Torah, is from Chachma. So the the Hashem's light comes down like this river that flows from Aden, and uh, the Chachma, which is uh, the the, uh, the spiritual level at which uh, Torah uh, uh, comes out, is a marshal, it's a parable for Hashem, 
the the original who was Kadmono, the original one. Uh, and uh, therefore, Erin uh, Sev, Hashem's Unlimited Light, is uh, the uh, analog for um, Torah, which is the analogy. So in other words, through Torah, we connect and we understand, uh, we take in Hashem's Unlimited Light. And uh, all the all the spheres are only Hashem's name, which a name is only used when connecting to others. Uh, but uh and Soif, although it's beyond others, it's Hashem for himself, but still it rests within Chachmah, and therefore through through Torah we're able to connect Hashem's Ur and Soif, Hashem's unlimited light. Uh, and uh, this is the meaning of the Pasuk and Tilim, that Hashem wraps himself in light like a garment, uh, meaning that uh, the Torah is Hashem's garment, and through the Torah we understand and we connect Hashem himself, Aaron Sof. Now, in brackets, he adds that, that uh, the within the uh, uh, spiritual level called Keser, the crown, there's two parts. There's Arich and Atik. Arich is the lower level. Arich literally means long. And then Atik literally means the ancient one. Uh, it has other meanings as well. But Atik is uh, Atik is the high level. Arich is the lower level. And Atik is the considered the end of Uran Sofa of Hashem's unlimited light. And then Arich is the beginning of Netzolim of those who Hashem puts into uh, puts into existence. And therefore. When we say that Torah uh, is uh, from Hashem himself, beyond Mamale, the light that fills the worlds according to their level, and even beyond Sova, the light surrounding worlds, what, what we mean is even beyond Arich, because Arich is linked to Sovakam, to Hashem's light that surrounds worlds, because it's beyond worlds, but still connected to worlds. Whereas Arctic is, is completely beyond. It's not even around worlds. It's, it's just totally beyond and uh, because it's part of, it's the end of Aaron Sev, Hashem's unlimited light. And uh, this is another meaning of uh, Atik, that, that Atik comes from the word like Netak, which means that it's, it's uh, moved away, it's beyond, because it's beyond the spheres, and uh, therefore it's suitable for Atik to be called, uh, uh, it's like Terra's the Moshua Kadmoni, the metaphor of the Kadmoni, the first one, the original one, and that includes uh, Arctic, which is beyond the spheres. Okay, so now, so in Sadiqim, um, reach this level of uh, of uh, Arctic, of, of which is pure godliness, through their Terran mitzvahs in this world. And that's like that's why Torah is called Moshal Kadmon. It's the metaphor, the parable with which we can get to Kadmon to Hashem Himself. And uh, that's why it says in Daniel, it calls Hashem Atik, but it says Atik Yomin, the one of ancient days. Yosef, he was sitting Levushik, it's like Chiver in Daniel's vision. Hashem, the ancient one, is sitting, and his garments are like snow, um, snow white. Uh, the pure white. That uh, so this uh, refers to Torah, which is uh, compared to snow. Uh, snow is made up of water, which has uh, got hard and and fro- froze. 
Uh, so it doesn't look like water, but really it is water. So, so to Torah, it really is Hashem. It's just uh, it doesn't appear that way, and therefore it's a cover over a marshal for Hashem. <coughs> and uh, that's why uh, Torah is called uh, called over la uh, when uh, when Avraham bought the field to bury Sarah. It says he gave four hundred uh, shekel of silver over la which are uh, able to be used by uh, businessmen that it, that it would be accepted everywhere. So this word socher also comes from uh, comes from the word Aramaic. Besides socher, a businessman, it means schar to go around. Uh, and uh, therefore it refers to sovakam in mushrooms like which fills worlds. And uh whereas whereas uh, uh through our Tarimitzas we end up the tzaddikim end up connecting Tashem even beyond Sovev, and that's the meaning of Ovelasaicha that they pass beyond Socha, beyond Hashem's light that goes around worlds to Hashem's light, which is totally beyond worlds. Okay. So now uh, the next paragraph, so we're on the second side uh, of Daftariches. So now we can understand what the Gemara says, that Fortune is the one who uh, comes to the next world with his Talmud with him, with his learning with him, because without one's learning of Torah in this world, he can't understand and can't connect to the uh, the uh, Torah and the revelation of godliness at a higher level in the next world. And because each uh, parable is needed in order to understand the analog. And if we're missing an analogy, then we can't go up and say, oh, well, with this, I can understand this. With that, I can understand that until we understand the highest level. So... Um, so that uh, so that uh, that we need to ta- therefore we need to take our Torah with us. So Torah, like we said, is the marshals that metaphor, and it needs to stay with us in order for us to connect to high level uh, of of Hashem's sweetness. But without the marshal, without the metaphor, we're not able to do that, and. Uh, this also explains why if someone is able to learn Torah then, and he wastes a little bit of time, then he carries the curse, he's cutting himself off from Hashem. On the other hand, someone who is not able to learn Torah, uh, either due to time or other factors, so then his yotza, he fulfills his duty with just uh, w- learning a little bit in the morning and the, a little bit in the evening. So if, if you can learn only a little bit in the morning and evening and that's good enough, why if someone's able to learn more and doesn't, should he be punished so severely? The explanation is that uh, we need to in order to uh, rise in our connection to Hashem to, to connect a le- uh, level of godliness uh, w- for which our Torah is only a metaphor, but that is only true if someone's able to learn. But if someone's not able to learn, so then that shows one of two things. Uh, so it shows either that that this uh, higher level is not relevant for him. He doesn't have to reach this higher level, and therefore he doesn't need this, the same amount of Torah to be the same amount of metaphors and analogies in order to rise to a high level and understanding. So that's number one. Or maybe that because he's not able to learn, so Hashem fills in the gaps and allows him to rise even without his learning and considers it as if he did learn. 
And uh, like we said, with Shlomo, King Shlomo, King Solomon's 3,000 Mishon, that each one lifted him to a high level. And similarly, Rabbi Meir, who the Gemara and Saita at the end says that he, he was the last of the Moshe Mishon, those who were able to tell parables, meaning that because he was so wise and so far beyond everyone else, he had to give 300 parables, like the Gemara says, in order for uh, others to understand him. They're not 3,000 parables on different issues. They're all on the same issue in order for us to slowly rise till we get to Rabbi Meir's level. So, uh, so similarly, so now I've answered two of our questions, both uh, why we need to take the Torah with us to Ganadin, because it's a martial uh, a way to understand and get to the next level, high level of, God, of, under, of connection to Hashem and understanding of Hashem. And we also explained uh, why someone who can learn Torah and doesn't is, uh, is uh, in such a severe negative state. And that's because the fact that he's able to learn Torah shows that he needs that Torah in order to reach a, a deep level of connection with Hashem. Next paragraph, Yenayisrael. So now the Jewish people uh, received the Torah through going through all the difficulties and the affliction of the exile in Egypt where they had to work as slaves and then before the giving of the Torah, the Jewish people said, Nas of Anishma, we will do, and then we will listen because they, the, when they say they will do, even without understanding, so that is a state of a great uh, bit of self nullification. And uh, Hashem rests, it says that Aaron safe rests in Chachma because Chachma is the sphere. Uh, with the the greatest uh, bittle, the greatest uh, n- n- self nullification, and that's why Nasa comes even before Nishma. We will do comes even before we will understand, uh, because the starting point is uh, is bittle, and all the, that all that he wants is what Hashem wants. That's the idea of Aveda. It says that uh, to serve Hashem, meaning that. Uh, that he doesn't, he's not thinking about what he wants, he's thinking just about uh, what his master wants. So, uh, and after developing our nasa, our sense of uh, nullification and humility before Hashem, so then we can get to the next step of the nishma, of understanding, meaning to take in Hashem's light and energy. And this is the two crowns one corresponding to Nasa and one corresponding to Nishma that were received at the giving of the Torah. These two crowns correspond to the two levels within Keser, which means a crown, uh, is the Atik and Arich that we spoke about earlier, where Atik is, is Hashem's unlimited light, whereas Arich is how Hashem surrounds worlds. So yes, it's above worlds, but still connected to worlds. Uh, but uh, to reach this state, uh, so it it ha- how did we reach this level of uh, total bittle, total self nullification of Hashem? So the the cause and the reason is through Hashem's love of us, 
that we were smothered by love of Hashem towards us. And therefore, because of this strong love of Hashem towards us, we couldn't turn away from Hashem. We were had no other choice but to be face-to-face with Hashem and, and, and totally focused on Hashem. And uh, this is... Uh, this is the meaning of uh, of uh, the Kafalem Harkagig. And Hashem lifted up this uh, the mountain of Sinai over them, suspended it over them like a, a barrel. So the meaning is that uh, Hashem uh, lifted over us this great love, and then we responded in kind, in kind uh, that when someone loves us, then the nature is that we love him back uh, like a mirror and uh, uh, and uh, like it says that oh, Hashem Hashem says that he loves us and so therefore we respond in kind with the towards Hashem like the Pasuk, another Pasuk says Moshcheni Pull me after you, we will run. So you start off pulling me, and then we'll run after you. So and and that's uh, why we're called the Kala, the Jewish collective. Knesset Israel is called Hashem's Kala, Hashem's bride. Like it says, Achaisi Kala, Hashem calls us my sister, the bride. No, uh, because like the word nefesh, expiring of the soul in love and yearning towards Hashem, and this is how we reciprocate for Hashem's love. And that's why it, at every one of the Aseris Adibris of the Ten Commandments, the uh, Jewish people standing there, their souls departed from them because they, their souls wanted to just jump out to Hashem. And... Uh, the meaning of like a barrel, it says that Hashem lifted the mountain over us like a barrel, uh, is that the barrel represents something round, uh, that the soul of Kalman, which surrounds all worlds, uh, that this uh, uh, awakens the love of uh, the, uh, the love that uh, that uh, because Hashem is uh, paying special attention to them, they love Hashem back. And this this also explains a strange uh, uh, bracha um, that by the, by a wedding that we say we bless Hashem who's Mekadesh uh, Yisrael Ama Yisrael who sanctifies His people Israel through chupa the wedding canopy and kedushin betrothal. Now betrothal happens before the chupa, so why does it say first chupa and then kedushin? So the answer is, uh, according to Hasidus, that chuppah represents makif, uh, the, 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 can- the canopy is around the people in it, it surrounds them, and that's the idea of this love that surrounds us and envelops us, and that forces us to just uh, love Hashem back. And then we receive the Torah, which is the kedushin, the betrothal, through first having the chuppah, which is the uh, the uh, this uh, love that just surrounds and envelops us, and that causes us to have bit all that self nullification to accept the Torah and say Nas We will do first, and then we'll understand. 
And uh, this is why the, at the time of giving tarot, there was a big problem that they could claim that we didn't really accept that we were just forced into it, not just the simple meaning they were forced into it by having a mountain over their heads, but mostly they were forced into it because of Hashem's great love of us that was revealed then. They had no other choice but to say yes and we'll serve you no matter what with complete bittle. To the top of Tzadik test now. To the extent that they would uh, say first, Nasi will do even before we understand. But this this was not really free choice. It was because of the great revelation. But only in the times of the Purim story, that's when they really accepted it with Masiris Nefesh, with self, self-sacrifice, without an, an awakening from above. Specifically because it was a time of concealment of Hashem, uh, and that's the meaning of Esther, meaning uh, it comes from the Pasuk, that I will surely hide my face. So therefore, when the Jewish people did the right thing, it wasn't because they were forced, but they did it because they themselves were doing it. And that's why specifically in, in the times of Purim story, that's when they really accepted the Torah. And this answers another question. Um, what's the difference between uh, when we got the Torah and Purim, in both cases, we had an external cause for us to uh, to uh, do to do the Torah. But the answer is that here there wasn't revelation of Hashem, and therefore we're doing it ourselves, and therefore that's the real accepting of the Torah is only in the times of the Purim story. We'll continue the Mimer tomorrow, but uh, either way, we 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 have uh, explained that uh, Purim is the time where we really accept the Torah because Hashem's presence is uh, not re- not revealed. And uh, we got to this through explaining how Torah is a marshal for Hashem because every level of, uh, of uh, Torah um, exp- uh, is, allows us to jump to a higher uh, appreciation and, and, and connection to Hashem. Uh, without, and we can't get to the higher level without having first the basic uh, analogy. And uh, this is... Uh, this is why if we have an opportunity to Torah that's taking us to a high level of connection to Hashem, we can't miss it out. The fact that we have that opportunity shows that we need to take it.